Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. And we are about to embark on an electrifying exploration into an exciting form of sensation play temperature play. If you're intrigued by the nuances of pleasure and exciting dynamics it can offer to your intimate life, this is the episode for you. And who better to guide us on this thrilling journey than Lee Coward. Lee is not just a journalist and researcher, but a true connoisseur of science and culture of purposeful pain. Their highly acclaimed book, Heard So Good, The Science and Culture of Pain on Purpose, has been featured in numerous renowned publications, including the New York Times, the New Yorker, and the Wall Street Journal. Before entering the world of journalism, Lee conducted research on fascinating subjects such as sexual dysmorphism in leaf nose bats and resource allocation in flowers. Wow, I had no idea. Today, Lee is here to shed light on the captivating world of temperature play. We'll delve into the concept, the role it plays in sensation play, the varying level of intensity, and important safety measures to consider. Whether you're a newbie looking for entry-level practices or someone who enjoys the delicious blend of pleasure and pain, Lee will offer a wealth of guidance. From understanding the psychology behind enjoying temperature play to enhancing the experience by stimulating other senses, we got it all covered. We'll also discuss the importance of consent and how to communicate your boundaries and comfort level with your partner. But before we go into this conversation, I want to ask you for a favor. 
I'm always interested to hear your thoughts on how I can improve the content I'm offering to you guys. I created this brief survey. It doesn't. It will not take more than five minutes. And it will ask you a few questions. And if you are interested, as a way to say thank you to you, you will enter to get a possibly three gift cards from Amazon, $50 each. We will do the raffle on third week of August. And more importantly, that will help me to share, create the content that would be most relevant to your need. So grab your favorite drink, sit back, and let's turn up the heat on this riveting episode. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to welcome Lee Cowart on our show. Lee, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I am very excited about this conversation. Temperature play is something that I've been very curious about. I experimented with it with some some positive experiences, some like some so-and-so experiences, not because there's anything wrong with temperature play. I think it's a skill that people need to know how to incorporate it, what to use and all of those things. So can you explain the concept of temperature play and its role in sensation play? Sure. So temperature play broadly just refers to using heat and cold as a sensory intensifier and as such an emotional intensifier for SM play or for erotic play in general. And this could be anything from ice cubes, hot wax, fire play, like getting in and out of a, of a hot tub, going in and out of the cold outside. And it is a way to kind of bring, to play with the dials of intensity, turning things up and down and also playing with focus because it's, you know, it's hard to think about something else if you're holding an ice cube in your hand, things like that. So it's just a really, it can be a fun toolkit to play with what you're paying attention to, what you are feeling and what you're expecting in the bedroom. Fascinating. So it could be a physical and psychological experience for, for people when they're kind of experimenting with it. Oh, very much so. And I would argue that the two are so intimately linked, it can be hard to pick one or the other. Absolutely. So how does the level of intensity vary in temperature play and what factors contribute to it? So it it does depend on which end of the temperature scale you're kind of looking at. If you have cold play, then you are dealing with vasoconstriction. And that is not always sexy, right? Like that, what we might immediately think of as sexy, like arousal involves dilation and it involves blood flow moving to certain areas. And so if you are using something that decreases blood flow to certain areas, then that is going to provide some contrast and can really wake you up. You know, conversely, if you have temperature play on the hotter side, wax or capsaicin or fire cupping, you are bringing your focus it is increasing your focus on your skin, on your body. You know, the nociceptors in your skin signal that damage might be occurring. And so they can do this for a variety of sensory inputs. It could be pain. It could be temperature. When we talk about capsaicin, like hot pepper play, the capsaicin itself is a temperature mimic which is so neat. Like if you eat a hot pepper, it feels like your mouth is on fire, 
because that's literally what your tongue is telling your brain. Your tongue can't really differentiate between a capsaicin molecule that is telling your nerve fibers to signal boiling water, boiling water, an actual boiling water. And we can play in that particular sandbox to kind of layer our experience and dial the intensity up or down. I love that. It seems like it has so many components, right? Because when most people think about temperature play, they think about like hot facts, candles, and like maybe ice cubes and sex toys in the freezer. But it seems like there's just so many kind of like layers to it that can people kind of ex- experiment with. So for people that they have never experimented with temperature play, what are some entry-level practices that you invite people to experiment with? I think, you know, step one, it helps to remember that your skin is this enormous and incredible sensory organ. And it's covered in nerve fibers and it's really receptive. So instead of just thinking it as kind of like the raincoat for your organs, you can really think about it as a place to start your play and to begin. You know, like you mentioned, sex toys in the fridge or the freezer, especially the metal ones can be really nice. They also have horrible wax candles that turn into body oil and that you can rub into the skin. And I think that's a great one to start with because it allows you to kind of move into ease in more slowly. And also it helps with cleanup. If you can rub the wax in, then you're going to be doing a very different cleanup than if you're scraping it off with like a wooden knife or something like that. I am such a big fan of research. You know, whenever I want to get into something new, I like to go to the experts. I like to talk to people who do this professionally. I like to talk to the pro doms. I like to take their online courses and I like to really learn about the ways in which to incorporate temperature, be it on the receiving end or be the one giving out temperature or both. And from there, the conversation starts with partners like, how do I know when I've had enough? What are the safety things that we need to look into and things like that? Such an important thing that with any kind of, I would say, quote unquote, more of an advanced practice. It's essential for people to kind of do a little bit research about it. Like one of the so-and-so experience that I had is I got this candle from a sex shop. I experimented with putting a back of my hand to see how it feels with the wax. And when, it, when my partner put it on my back, I was like, oh my God, this is burning. What's happening? So it can't be surprising even if you have had kind of like do the preparations. So on that note, for safety reasons, what are some of the things that people need to know before jumping into this practice. The first thing I like to start with is just making sure that people understand that the sensation of pain is always subjective. There is no like one-to-one ratio of sensation to painful output or to pleasurable output for that matter. Your brain is always taking in sensory information from the skin. It is looking at context and emotion. Do you expect this? Do you want this? Can you stop this? Do you have any other associations with this kind of environment or this kind of stimulus? Because understanding that the same sensation can feel very different in different contexts is very important for safety. You know, because what we want to do when we are playing in a way that is that has some inherent danger to it is we want to be able to be in our bodies and and be present with ourselves enough that we will be able to recognize when a limit is being approached. You know, both partners need to be versed in, you know, if you're playing with cold, signs of skin damage, signs of hypothermia, 
you know, you never want to put an ice cube straight out of the freezer onto somebody's skin because then you can do the, you know, the tongue on the frozen pole outside and it can actually stick. So running that, holding the ice cube in your hand or running it underwater gives it enough melt on the outside edge that you're not going to fuse that ice cube to a maybe sensitive body part. Safety with regards to heat, you want to learn, like do a little research about burns and the skin. You know, usually we're looking, you know, unless you're into branding, which is very, very advanced and requires a lot of safety and a lot of knowledge. And that is not just something to try on a random Thursday. That's a big deal thing. Most of the time we're looking to create the sensation of pain without doing damage. And temperature play has such a wide range where that is possible, but it is necessary to know where the danger zones start. And that can depend on so many factors. Like there are psychiatric medications that make people less tolerant to heat. And so if you were doing play that involves heat, it could just be getting in and out of a hot tub into cold weather, you know, that's something you need to know about yourself. And you need to be able to check in and trust that you will call yellow or red and that your partner is also totally on board with being aware and educated and listening to you. And once you kind of have that set, you can start being like, all right, well, what do I, what do I want to start with? Where do I want to explore? What sounds fun to me? And, and you can start to play. I, I love that you talked about kind of like communicating, having clear communication with your partner and also educating yourself about safety and kind of like do a little bit of preparation. I would imagine that in order to go to some of these exciting, adventurous places with our partner, we need some psychological safety, like really feeling grounded. And if I can trust a person, right? Because first of all, they yes. need to be skilled. And in the heat of the moment, they can be kind of like, they can be able to hear and know. I think that's that's also important. And I know as we talked about, psychologically, it can be a very rich experience when you do temperature play. So can you elaborate on psychology behind enjoying temperature play? Sure. I know that for me personally, I, I, I've, I've done a lot of cold play, which is funny because I am very cold intolerant. Like I hate the cold. I really, really hate the cold. You know, for research for my book about masochism, I did all sorts of things that were painful. And man, that polar plunge was like absolutely the worst. I was, I still, you know, I'm a masochist though, right? So like I still play with those things. The, and for me and for a lot of people, not only is it an intensifier, but it can really bring you directly into the present moment. It is very hard to think about your taxes when your dom has you holding ice cubes in both hands, right? Until you have to say for it or putting your hands in ice water or, you know, putting you out into the cold until you, until you call yellow and want to come back in. And a lot of people find that kind of pleasurable and sometimes painful tunnel vision of, of erotic play to be, you know, kind of the main draw. You know, it's very, when people talk about being so in the moment that everything else falls away, you know, it sounds a lot like transcendence. And it's a very normal thing to want to chase and experience. And we can use the sensory playground of our bodies to kind of push out the noise of the worry that, well, what if I look weird in this position? Or like, 
oh, I have so much to do tomorrow. Like really just be there in that moment, playing with sensation in a way that is fundamentally as safe as you can make it. I am so intrigued on how people discover their interest, especially more of a kind of advanced practices. What have you heard or what have what have you thought about when people you realize that's something that people are really into? Like how how are they finding these things? Yeah, or like, like how do they discover that? Like, is this is part of my erotic blueprint? I want to do this extreme play. So it like it's it, I can imagine that 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 requires a little bit of exploration exposure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that people come to it in so many different ways. You know, and that's part of the joy of discovery. You know, one person's path to ice cube play might be meandering. And, you know, it might have started in just like, you know, holding a really cold beverage for a partner while they got something out of their purse and feeling the kind of like, oh, I'm there's a little bit of a power dynamic here. I'm I'm consenting to hold this like really, really frozen mug while they dig something out. And I, I could put it down, but I'm not going to. Um, and or for others, it's just like, oh, no, someone just had a you know, a frozen metal wand in their freezer. And they're like, do you want to try it? And they're like, well, yeah, maybe I do. And then you try it. And some people are like, actually, that's not for me. And some people are like, oh, definitely. Yes. And then most people are, are in the middle and and want to like maybe tweak, the, tweak that based on their mood. And also, honestly, based on the weather, you know, a really cold butt plug is going to feel different in October than it would in August. And that if you're in the Northern Hemisphere or Southern, you know, it's it is going to depend on your mood and what you are desiring in that moment. And I think that fostering a sense of play is really important when it comes to learning what you like and don't like. Like if you go into something feeling like, oh, I, I have to like this because my partner likes it. Or, oh, I, I feel pressure that, you know, this is like a, a cool thing that I should be into and I'm going to try to make this work for me you know, that's too much expectation. Like that's, you shouldn't put that kind of pressure on yourself in erotic play because, unless that's your kink, right? <laughs> like if that's what you're do, please go forth and enjoy. But when it comes to the kind of like, oh, it's, you know, it's stumbling through different types of erotic play it does not have to look cool and it doesn't have to go perfectly. But as long as you are in your body and communicating with your partner, and have created a space where you can stop and start and feel safe in that. And you know, you trust yourself to know your limits and you trust those limits to be heard. Then I think that we can relax a little bit about when things don't go right. You're like, oh, I thought I would like this and I don't. That's fine. That's just part of life. That's part of sex. It's totally normal. And it helps to kind of just like, just release the expectation that you put on yourself. Like we are not performing here. We are in our bodies and just trying to have a nice time. I I love all you said about kind of being curious about it. It seems like, as you said, like any other sexual encounters, people kind of experiences, they can kind of uh, learn about it, experiment with it in different ways. So it could be accidental or more intentional. And I agree with you. I think like it depends on people's temperament about how willing you are to mm. try new things. Like some people are more adventurous and some people are like more kind of more into ritualistic things that they do all the time. There's nothing wrong with that if both partners are satisfied with it. Because what I hear that at times that people are just having for years and years, same kind of sexual experiences and they're bored. 
So I think kind of like incorporating new things like temperature play can be wonderful. And I belong, at least for myself, I always think about, okay, if something feels neutral, I'll try it once if my partner want to do it. And then if the first time is okay, and if they're really into it, I'm willing to give it another shot. Right. So I think it's because sometimes the first time it can be not as great because like you're nervous, Mm -hmm. maybe they're nervous. So giving things an opportunity that can be helpful. But I know that not everyone is interested into that, not not interested into kind of like experimenting with things. So we talked about consent. And I think with any kind of sexual encounter, consent is really important. Can you tell us how would that look like for temperature play? Sure. So consent is foundational to to any kind of sensation play, you know, pleasure, pain, whatever. And it influences your experience of the play. And, you know, we are pretty well versed or many people like, you know, have the idea of consent and sex. But it, it really consent is something that we are engaging in in all areas of our life all the time. Like if someone tried, you may love ice cream, but if someone tried to force an ice cream cone down your throat, when you were like at the DMV and having a terrible time, you wouldn't probably like that, you know? And so we bring this kind of active decision-making and in sex, partnered sex, active collaborative decision-making into the room so that we can create a container that allows us to explore some things that we might not necessarily want to explore otherwise. So in looking at consent for temperature play, you know, the same scripts for other type of erotic play work, you know, it's the same way that you would be, you know, bring up wanting to be spanked or wanting to go slow or wanting to take a bath together. Like it doesn't have to be a huge deal. It can just be like, oh, you know, I saw this video where this person was holding their partner in the shower and they kept turning the shower all the way to cold water while like holding their partner in a headlock. And I'm thinking, that looks amazing. Would you be interested in trying something like that with me? And, you know, sometimes you hear no, and that doesn't always feel good. And oftentimes you hear yes, and then you can start the negotiation of like, okay, well, like, well, how do we want to try it? And how will we know if it's not working for us? And just kind of it's a practice, you know, the more you can get used to asking for what you want, which honestly, it's can be scary. Not all of us are socialized to like actually get out there and ask for the things that we want. And it, it's a vulnerable thing. And the vulnerability of asking is, to me, it's very sexy, because you are putting yourself out there. So finding ways to have conversations about the things that you want with regard to temperature play. If you're doing it in other types of play, you already have the script loaded in. And if not, then, you know, just try to be conversational. Try to take the, it comes back to that curiosity, you know, try to take the pressure off of yourself. There's no perfect way to do it. There are a million ways to do it well. I I agree with you. And I think with consent, I think it's, as you said, it's really important to say no. And I think hearing no also is in skill. Because sometimes people withdraw and they have this like whole attitude about it, just which makes it difficult for the other partner to be open in future encounters. And I think it's kind of like it can be very sexy to negotiate things with your partner. I would say it's essential because if you're not hearing no from your partner, probably you're not 
experimenting enough, right? If you're doing the same thing, so that that can can lead to you always hearing yes. But if you want to broaden the spectrum of excitement in your sex life, you're going to hear it no. And I think kind of it's important to not take it personal. So I know specifically for temperature play, it's important to use right products, things that are safe. So what are some of the products that you, materials, products you recommend for people to to kind of purchase, get access to when they're a beginner for temperature play? That's a great question. I I like those pourable wax candles for for early temperature play. I will say if you're using a regular candle, certain kinds of candles can get the wax much hotter than others. So if you have those little tea lights that are in a metal ring, that wax can get really, really hot because the metal is also holding heat. And so that's something, it looks like it might not be a really powerful toy because it's just a little tea light in your house. But I actually, that one is something to watch out for because if it's been burning and has been melted for a long time, like it's going to be really, really hot and can actually burn the skin. A fun one that I like to do as like a, and this is not everybody's cup of tea, but I really like hot peppers. I, I mean, I love hot sauce. And, you know, something that I did with my partner that was a wild experience is we grew our own Carolina Reaper peppers, which is the hottest pepper in the world. And we grew them from seed. And then we sat down together and we each chewed one and then spit it out and then just had the experience going on that simultaneous roller coaster together. And basically just both getting topped by this pepper just absolutely turned into just drooling puddles. And I do recommend a spit bowl for this. And it doesn't have to be the hottest pepper, but experimenting with like, you know, get a habanero from the store. You know, your partner can make you eat it. You could spit it into their mouth. Capsaicin, as long as you don't have an allergy to it or certain types of GI issues, is very safe. And if you spit it out, then you won't have the cramps later. You know, the metal tools can be great in the refrigerator, great in the freezer, depending on how cold you want it to be. Again, the the getting it wet first rule stands. And like showers, hot, cold showers. I recently had an experience where I was getting in and out of a hot tub and a cold rain with like spanking in between. And the combination of the hot, and it wasn't like a cold, cold rain, like it's July, but you know, it was a big thunderstorm and the rain was coming really hard. And I was holding glasses and getting them filled with water and then having them dumped on me and then getting into a not super hot hot tub and then getting out and starting it over. And it was just like the amount of kind of the amount of like dichotomous sensation going on with the temperature. And then also the impact play from the spanking, it just like sent me into space. And these are all like things that are just using your environment, you know, what you have around you. Getting sprayed down with a garden hose can be great. It could be, you know, it's like it's one of those things like treated like an animal, getting sprayed down outside. The water out of the hose, is, as long as it's not like winter and frozen, you know, a lot of the time during the year is not going to be super cold, but it's going to feel cold because it's so different than the atmospheric temperature, you know, using bodies of water that you live near. There's a, you know, once you actually start looking into it, you realize that temperature play is is such a, there's such a big range, you know, even just like turning the heat up in your house or like putting, like warming one room of your house and having really sweaty sex in that room is in and of itself temperature play. 
And then if you add to that, like getting thrown into a cold shower every 10 minutes and coming back, then you start to bring this kind of like back and forth intensity of what's going to happen next. Your skin doesn't know what to expect. You start to just pump out endorphins that's cold and then it's hot and you don't know what's happening. And for people like me, that's very, very fun. I really enjoy that. And it has been really fun to realize how many options are actually out there for temperature play that are not just like wax candles. I love Although that. wax candles are a really good place to start. <laughs> And I think the kind of using environment can feel like mm. more accessible to people and also can get the chances of damages, right? Could be significantly less considering what you're doing. And I think the other part that makes it very interesting is that then you and your partner kind of co-creating this erotic script together versus kind of like following someone else's script of now with candle, that's what we do, which is again, I, I think that's also can be very exciting. But I love that like all these varieties that you talk about and kind of incorporating different types of play and maybe you do something that you like and then adding a little bit of temperature play to see if this is your thing or not can be a good way of kind of incorporating any kind of novel activity. So let's talk about ice play. How is it different than other form of temperature play based on your experience? Oh, yeah. So ice play, like I mentioned earlier, like ice is a vasoconstrictor. And that's not what we usually associate with physical arousal. And that that difference can make it a very potent to play with. Ice is really intense. You know, I read a lot of psychology studies and something that they often use as like kind of an aversive environment is they ask people to put their hand in a, in a like a, a basin of ice water for as long as they can. And if you've ever tried this, you're like, oh, actually, that it's hard to do that for very long. So ice can be kind of immediately a bit more aversive than some of the warmer things. Like ice is like not something that people necessarily associate with like essential erotic time and the dissonance is can be very delicious. So and most, you know, if you have a freezer, you know, you probably have ice in there. And it could be as simple as like, if you're engaging in, in power play, someone could have you hold an ice cube for as long as you can. And the ice cube is going to melt in your hand as it's happening. So we're not dealing, you know, this is not a dry ice or the kinds of things that could do like really serious damage. This is an ice cube that you're probably going to drop at some point, or it's just going to melt through your hand. But either way, you are going to have to tap into something to be able to do it. And that is something that is very potent for a lot of masochists is this, the endurance aspect. It's like, how can I do this for myself? How tough am I? What am I willing to do for someone else? Like, these are all really fun things to explore in the right environment. So, and ice is so shocking. Like it's shocking to the system. And it's that like, you know, that's not, we don't usually gasp in that way from cold when we are about to have an orgasm and it can kind of confuse the wires and extend the process and just put this other layer in there that is novel and that is accessible. And I think that's fun. I love it. Kind of like talking about experimenting with what you feel like can be interesting. And maybe it doesn't initially think it's kind of be erotically exciting for you, but kind of giving it a shot and see what shows up. Of course, with consent with the partner and kind of having proper information. Speaking of proper information and education, I know that you have tons of great resources, Like you also provide coaching. So 
If people want to get a hold of you, what are some of the places they can find you? I am at Voracious Brain on pretty much every social media site. And I do check my DMs on those. You can find my book, Hurt So Good, The Science and Culture of Pain on Purpose. Wherever books are, are sold, it is out in hardback, paperback, and audiobook and ebook. I narrate the audiobook. So if you would like me to re- read my book to you, that is available. In terms of, I do sometimes write publicly on sex, but also science and sports and stuff like that. But yeah, I encourage people to get in touch with me through my socials, pretty much all of them. Again, it's at Voracious Brain, one word, and I would love to hear from you. Well, thank you so much, Libit, being so generous with this information, giving I got some ideas about what I can do for novels in my bedroom. And I feel like I have a creative mind. So I can imagine like people got a lot of great information from this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was lovely to have you as our guest. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice. What a journey we've had today exploring the exhilarating world of temperature play and ice play. It's remarkable how simple elements like heat and cold can stimulate our senses, create unexpected pleasure, and transform our intimate experiences. Remember, intimacy isn't just about the destination, but also about the journey. Embrace the chill of ice play, the warmth of temperature play, and discover new peaks of pleasure along the way. Before we wrap up, don't forget to download our free checklist of sexual bucket list items. As we've learned today, there is an entire universe of sensations out there waiting to be explored. Why not add some of these thrilling experiences to your list and embark on an exciting adventure with your partner? The link is in the show notes. And remember, this summer is the perfect time to break away from the usual and turn up the heat in your bedroom or perhaps cool down just a notch. Thank you for joining me on the episode today. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Mo'ali, reminding you that there's always something new to discover in the world of sex. Stay curious, stay playful, and until next time, stay sexy. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.